is the errors that get deep down in your code base that are the toughest to wash out. How? Use new fashion smashing with exclusive learning action. Bugs just float away with smashing. So help your family's code stay spotless with easy to use smashing. In this episode of the Smashing Podcast, we're talking about Chakra UI. What is it and how can it help with your React projects? We talked to expert Mike Cavalier to find out. But first, did you know that Smashing Magazine publishes brand new articles to the website throughout your working week? There's a lot to keep up with, but we're here to help. It's your weekly update. In Designing with Code, a Modern Approach to Design, Mikolai Dubruki notes that after years of innovation in both tools and processes, the struggle between design and development is still real. In this article, Mikolai focuses on the best practices for improving design to development processes and how cutting-edge solutions can help in facilitating the change. Cameron Cundiff looks at automating screen reader testing on macOS using AutoVO. Automated testing is an important part of any software project, including testing for accessibility. There are already tools for linting and integration testing accessibility, but what about end-to-end testing with real assistive technology? Having not seen this done before, Cameron set out to build AutoVO, a driver for the voiceover screen reader. In The Rise of Design Thinking as a Problem-Solving Strategy, Josh Singer highlights that in the dynamic and unpredictable environments in which we work, even the most carefully crafted solutions can have a short shelf life. When we accept that our work is impermanent and our problem-solving abilities are limited, our goal can shift from delivering full solutions to developing tools that empower our users to adaptively design for themselves. In a case study of how to run a UX audit for a major edtech platform, Mark Lacamilia shows us how a UX audit can affect the user interface. Mark explains how a famous educational platform can be analysed using Jacob Nielsen's usability guidelines and shares all of the criteria and metrics he used for his UX audit. And in creating a multi-author blog with Next.js, Don Habersack explains how to connect different types of content in a Next.js application and how through using this technique, it becomes possible to add any kind of one-to-one, one-to-many, or even many-to-many relationship to your project. And that is your weekly update. Find all these and more at smashingmagazine.com slash articles. He's a senior software engineer for an agency called Echobind. He's been writing code for two decades and using JavaScript the whole time. He loves the Jamstack, and his new book, Cut Into the Jamstack, teaches the reader how to build a software-as-a-service app from scratch. So we know he knows his way around the Jamstack, but did you know he once got lost in the peanut butter aisle? My smashing friends, please welcome Mike Cavalier. Hi, Mike. How are you? I am absolutely smashing today. That's good to hear. 
So I wanted to talk to you today about a project that I'd I'd really not heard of somehow until I came across it in your Jamstack book. And I'm not sure how I'd missed it because it seems to be so sort of um, uh, maturing and, and well-documented and uh, a real sort of um, uh, uh, just a great project. I'm hoping that today we can talk about it and I can catch up to, <laughs> to find out what I should have known all along. So I'm talking about Chakra UI, of course. Um, so tell me, what is Chakra UI? What sort of space is it in? And what, what problem is it solving for us? Uh, so Chakra UI is a, a UI framework uh, for React, um, or UI toolkit, I guess they phrase it as. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, you know, in any application stack, nowadays you don't want to invent your UI from scratch. You, you want to grab some kind of toolkit. Um, that's been the case for a while. Um, Chakra UI um, is a great approach on a React UI toolkit um, in that they, I mean, there's a number of perks to it, but one is that um, it's, it's, it's for, for one, it's robust. I mean, it's got every UI element you could imagine. It's got switches. It's got wrappers around grids. It's got um, all, all types of things, form elements. Um, uh it's made to be very composable so that, um, uh, you know, everything used like uh, style props. So uh, your, your, your components, they, they're great right out of the box. You could drop them in and use them as is. Uh, but if you want to make a tweak, it's very easy to pass in some style properties. Um, they, they're fully accessible. So the accessibility, which everybody talks about, but always forgets to implement, or it takes a little effort to implement, um, it's, it's built in for you. Um, so it's, it's not uncommon for me to uh, put together something with Shocker UI and get a very good Lighthouse score. Uh, actually, I actually was just checking the cut into the Jamstack website today, and that, that accessibility score is very high. Um, uh, it's also uh, um, very fully themable, um, so you can set theme configuration from the beginning. Um, and uh, another great, I mean, there's just a lo long list of, of perks to it. Um, it makes it very fast to develop, which was what uh, originally attracted me to it. I mean, Equibind, we use it internally, but, um, you know, for me, like I don't have design sense, um, I, a little bit, but I'm not a designer by any means. And, um, I can grab components from Chakra and alter things ever so slightly to make it consistent. And, and it, it, things just kind of look good out of the box and you're able to develop fast developer experience is great. And, um, uh, it's just awesome on so many levels. And the, okay, last thing I'll say <laughs> before I keep rambling about it. Um, but um, it also has a lot of uh, React hooks um, that are helpers for very common functionality things that come along with these elements uh, they're using. So for example, um, dark mode, there's, there's built-in hooks for using um, lighter dark mode um, that just very unobtrusively like let you toggle colors in your theme. Um, there's another one for you know, use disclosure, which is for toggling things like modals, which you always need like an on off state. Um, but the hook just simplifies that even more. So you can focus on the things that the framework can't infer automatically. So I'll cut it off there. Cause that was a lot. <laughs> so that's really good. So um, just so I have uh, got my understanding, right? So first of all, it's chakra, not chakra. Chakra? Um, I wouldn't be the expert on that. I've been saying chakra uh, just because of I don't know, yoga, um, but uh, <laughs> we'll have to ask the founders to double check. Uh, and it's uh, 
it's a sort of off-the-shelf design system that you can drop in to build the UI of your project. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, specifically for React projects. Yeah, there is a Chakra View project out there. Um, I'm not a, a view person very, very much, but I, I know that it does exist. Um, and uh, there may be for other frameworks as well, but uh, I'm very React-focused, so I've been using the Chakra default React one. Yes, I've been um, familiar with React in the past. Uh, I've used React when I worked at uh, Netlify. Now I do everything in Vue. And so that was one of the first things I looked at. It's like, oh, is there a Vue? This looks good. Is there a Vue version of it? And I found the Vue version of it, and it seems to be quite a way behind. I think it's on 0.9 or something rather than 1.6 or whatever the current um, React version is. So I'm not sure how current that is. Um, and we've got, you know, fairly uh, dated frameworks out there, uh, you know, things like Foundation UI, Bootstrap, Bulma, uh, they, you know, they've, they've been around for a long time and they're a, a sort of previous generation of, of framework, it, it would seem. Um, and then we've got some more modern approaches. Uh, I think a lot of listeners will be familiar with like Tailwind and the, yep. the Tailwind UI sort of project. Well, where, where does Chakra UI, Chakra UI <laughs> fall um, amongst that sort of uh, landscape? It, it's it's sort of closer to something that Tailwind might, uh, an approach that Tailwind might take. Is that is that correct? In I think sense? so. I, uh, you know, I, uh, admittedly, like I've been meaning to really dig into Tailwind a lot more just because it's so popular right now. And, but I can't speak intelligently on the ins and outs of, of Tailwind itself and how, you know, it, my sense is that Chakra and Tailwind are alternative approaches. Uh, um, so, like, uh, you grab for one and not both at the same time, obviously. Um, I don't yet know what the pros and cons are for both. I've just been so enamored with Chakra that I've just been using it by default. And I'm like, okay, I know this really well now. I love it. Um, I'll get to learn the other one later. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, Tailwind, obviously, extremely popular. Um, the... Uh, I don't recall. So Tailwind, I know, I, I think Tailwind has like their, their base framework and a UI toolkit, right? Is that, right. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. So this would probably be um, more on par with the UI toolkit of, of Tailwind. Um, uh, I don't know. I, on the Chakra homepage, they do have like sort of a comparison of why you might reach for one or the other, but I don't have it internalized. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's good. So, as we mentioned, for React projects and, and the way that manifests itself rather than some of these um, more traditional uh, design systems which give you a whole load of uh, class names to to put it on your HTML and you have to use some H HTML structure, put the right classes on it, and that's the way that you get the, the the UI manifesting in your in your project. With Chakra, it's because it's based on React, it's giving you a whole load of components uh, for, for each of those, um, elements you can just import into your project. Um, so, and those components encapsulate their own markup and, and styling, do they? Yeah. You, you won't actually have to write a class, uh, using shocker. I haven't, uh, I don't even know it's possible <laughs> because it's all, I mean, you know, the whole react paradigm is, uh, uh, component composition and properties. Right. Um, so, um, encapsulation of a component means like you pass certain properties into the component. And if you, um, you know, and, and, and uh, in, in, in Chakra, uh, you have uh, this, this notion of a theme, which is like a global paradigm, right? Uh, there's a default theme and it's got values for colors and spacing and, and like certain units for 
all common things. And um, you can customize that theme and it customizes it globally. You can augment it however you need to. When you call the component itself, um, for example, a text input, right? An input component. Um, that's going to have uh, default colors and border radius and padding and margin as defined by the theme. Um, when you want to uh, style it further, um, if you don't want to do it on a global basis, you know, like, for example, like when I specify bottom margins, I do it on a case by case basis. Um, I don't do it at the global level because that can lead to catastrophe. Um, so you just pass it in as a prop and there are shortcut props. So if I have an input component, I just say MB equals and then a value and it'll apply the margin bottom or they have an MX and MY for vertical and horizontal and or you could just specify M and pass in the string as you would like the margin CSS property. So there's no class names. It does the class names all dynamically and uh, obfuscates that away from the user. So yes, that's. I think that's where the comparison with Tailwind must come in because the way Tailwind works is it gives you a whole load of classes. And if you want to increase the margin, there's a, a class that you can put on to increase the margin. Um, it sounds like actually you're taking that same uh, it's a different implementation, but the same sort of approach to to how it's architected, but but in in React using props, and you're passing a, a a prop in to adjust those things. So how how easy is it to to customize uh, a design? I mean, is it a case of just being able to tweak, you know, colors and and margins and padding and 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 sort of make it look a little bit different, or can you actually really brand up a um, a theme with Chakra? Oh, you can do whatever the heck you want. It's great. Um, like, uh, I mean, you, you know, you, you could style at the component level or the theme level. So um, it just depends on how creative you want to be with it. Um, I've, uh, I've managed to take some components and, and do some wild things with them. Like part of like what makes it really stylable is that the, these components are pretty atomic, right? Um, you know, if you, if you, you know, using the text box example again, if you want a text box, you, the, your component is just that. So you can style everything around it, or you can style the text box itself, um, or you can change like the, the theme setting and colors to rebrand everything globally. Um, I actually tweeted the um, the, uh, the the creator uh, of Shopper UI Sage uh, saying that you should put a gallery on the site um, because there's, you know, it's really great. You can create some beautiful designs with it that are very varied and you might not know on the surface that I don't, I don't know if Chakra UI has any tells that are like, you know, make it obvious that you're using a Chakra UI for your site. Um, I've seen some pretty nice stuff with it. So, um, but uh, you can, you can, you can do anything with it. I mean, I've done static websites. So the, the cut into the Jamstack homepage is done with it just as one example. Um, we've used it at EchoBind plenty. I can't remember if we've used that for echobind.com, but um uh, certainly many of our client sites. And then um, the app that I've been building, Jamshots, it's, it's, it's an app. It doesn't have uh, marketing pages yet, um, but it's all just UI. And all that UI is built using Chakra. Um, and one, one uh, other thing, just while I'm uh, like praise, praising Chakra, is that there's another website that I've been using a lot lately uh, and I use in, in I'm going to introduce into the book as well, chakratemplates.net chakra-templates.net, um, where it's like common design patterns that uh, whoever's contributing is, uh, is is finding, like a hero unit or a, a pricing unit. Um, and they just have the copy and pasteable chakra code. 
And uh, I used that entirely for the book homepage um, because it just saved me so much time in developing it. It's like, oh, you have a pricing module. Let me copy and paste that. Let me just uh, adjust the style props a little bit so that everything's consistent on, on my site. And, and that's it. And um, it, it's just another thing that is separate from Chakra itself, but it just is such a time saver because you need these things on so many websites. And uh, who wants to reinvent the wheel every time? So it sounds like it can be a real time saver, not only for sort of personal projects where you want to roll something out quickly, but in an agency context. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and does that apply equally to sort of app interfaces as well as marketing sites? Is there, does it skew one way or the other, um, or is it just sort of generally useful whatever you're building? I'd say it's both. It definitely is. I've, I've used it for both. Our company has used it for both. Um, we build, um, I'd say we lean heavily towards building, you know, full stack applications and mobile applications. So, um, you know, we, we definitely have a lot more need for UI than marketing stuff, although we sometimes build that as well. Um, so it's useful for both. Um, there is something on the site that uh, they, they do mention, like when would you not want to use Chakra? And they do say that um, uh, because of the way it, it simplifies um, this interface CSS, um, there might be challenges when you have a lot of data on screen. So if you're, you know, creating tons and tons of DOM elements and doing a lot of real-time updates, um, you might or might not run into performance challenges. Um, I haven't seen a performance issue ever, um, and but I also haven't, like, built something that was, like, so data-intensive in real-time. So it, it's a concern, you know. Um, if I was going to build an app like that, I'd probably want to spike out two different approaches anyway just to see how they perform with a whole lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so it's universally useful, um, for, for both of those cases. I guess that's always, uh, there's always a trade-off, isn't there with, um, with technology choices, uh, you know, something that makes it, uh, really, really simple, really quick to implement the trade-off might be that yeah, once you're creating a thousand data points or, or whatever on a page that 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 method of working is is not going to perform well and slows you down um so yes i think it's uh, uh that's fair i tend to find with in technology choices the most important thing is just to know <laughs> just to know what the trade-offs are and what the limitations are and you can you know no no none, none of them are good or bad you just need to find an appropriate balance for your own uh, uh your own sort of um situation so i mean uh, as you'd expect to find with a, a design system of this kind it comes with components for typography, for layout, uh, and then down to like nitty gritty of buttons and form elements. And there's an icon library. Uh, there's pretty much everything that you'd expect to see on on a design systems kitchen sink page. Uh, you've got everything there, um, and it all seems pretty modern to me. And uh, I, I noted that the the layout grid component actually uses CSS grid, which yep. is always nice to see. Uh, it's not just sort of divs and flexbox. Um, oh yeah. Uh, is it generally very flexible uh, to work with? Do you find that the like the layout elements you're able to sort of build any type of, of UI that you need to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what's what's great about it is they, uh, in some cases, uh, provide more than one level of abstraction. Um, so in the case of CSS Grid, they have a simple grid, uh, which is like, okay, you want to drop in and here's here's your grid. You just, you just put stuff inside of it and you specify, I think the number of columns or something like that. And then you've got a grid, but if you need to have uh, a bit more 
flexibility over in the behavior of the grid, then you've got a generic grid component, um, which is probably the, the simple grid component probably wraps the other grid component. It's just another facade on top of it. So, um, you know, that approach towards, you know, composition of components is, you know, it's, it's a valuable paradigm in the React world because of the same thing, right? Like if you have uh, a component that is very versatile and has a lot of props to it, well, then there might be like a set of use cases that you want to use that component one way for fairly commonly. So you just wrap it with another component with static uh, or um, pre-specified props for the, the, the more robust component. So uh, they use that approach really well in Chakra. I, mean, I haven't run into anything that I can't do with it yet. Um, I'm sure it's out there somewhere or something that's just a little more of a hassle to do. Um, but it, it generally hasn't happened yet. Not that I can think of, at least. Well, one of the things I was uh, really pleased to see, and it's something that you mentioned earlier as well, is there seems to be this uh, quite strong focus on accessibility, certainly yes. in the in the promotional information. Is is that borne out in the code itself? Do they do they practice what they preach? Is it is it actually got good accessibility built in? I, I think so. I, I, the the closest I've done to putting it to the test is is running Lighthouse against it. And like it consistently provides high scores for accessibility as well as like, um, so I typically will use Shocker like Next.js um, and uh, you know, Next.js is performance right at the box. So it's, you know, quite often that you'll see like high scores and everything. I just tweeted today uh, about how the, um, the, the book's homepage has uh, three out of the four um, Lighthouse score. So there's like accessibility, best practices, performance, and like one fourth one I'm not thinking of right now. And everything but performance came out like close to 100%. <laughs> um, and the performance part is on me just because I put a lot on the page and I haven't optimized it yet. Um, <laughs> so like it, it, it tends to do that. Like the accessibility scores in Lighthouse are great whenever I use Shocker UI. That's great. Um, and I, I was, uh, you mentioned um, they're using, you know, server-side rendering and uh, what have you, you know, things like Next and Gatsby and um, what have you is ab absolutely no problem, is it? There aren't any hurdles to be aware of using Chakra with those? Oh, no, not at all. Um, I haven't used it. Like, I, I tend to focus on Next.js um, and I haven't uh, plugged it into Gatsby or any of the other SSR tools. But, um, um, you know, as long as the framework is, uh, it doesn't have any, anything that would block it from using it as such, then it should be fine. Um, for uh, React, um, Shocker provides a, a, a context API provider, um, so a, a theme provider, so that um, when you, uh, in, in my Next.js apps, for example, like you have a, Next.js has this underscore app JS or TS file that uh, just wraps every page in, in the application. And you just plug the theme provider in there, and Chakra does the rest of the work, um, and it just becomes available everywhere. So there's uh, um, no hurdles to adding it to um, Next.js, certainly, but I, I imagine not to Chakra either. When your agency partners with Wix, you unlock an entire digital ecosystem for creating, managing, and growing your business. So you can run your agency the way you've always wanted to. Get the full coding and design freedom to create anything your clients need, along with the tools to manage and collaborate with your team seamlessly from anywhere. And when it comes to growing your business, you can get matched with new leads every day and earn revenue share for every website you create. 
They'll all be backed by Wix's industry-leading security and site performance. You'll also have dedicated account managers on standby 24-7, so you can reach your goals and start setting new ones. See for yourself. Head over to wix.com partners and reimagine what your agency can accomplish. We thank Wix for sponsoring this podcast. Does, uh, does Chakra use uh, TypeScript? I believe it does, doesn't it? It supports it, yeah. It supports it. So that's that's kind of a big plus for people who use TypeScript already in their projects. I yeah. wonder if that's um, uh, – and is there any downsides to that if people don't aren't already using TypeScript? I don't think so. Um, I, I use TypeScript by default in all my projects, and so does Echobind. Um, but when I do things on a personal level, I use um, – like I like to say, a sprinkle of TypeScript, right? Um, TypeScript uh, is, is extremely valuable in reducing errors by, you know, creating stack types. Um, there's a, a sort of a curve for it, though, where uh, depending on your knowledge of it, TypeScript can be a real hurdle. Um, so I, my minimum threshold for the, the the, the strictness of TypeScript that I use is fairly low simply because you can get a lot of value out of TypeScript with basic typing um, and it will prevent a lot of common mishaps. Um, when you go into more advanced typing, if you're not super comfortable with that stuff, it can really slow you down and, and frustrate you. Um, so, um, so that's just to say like, you know, with the same thing with Chakra and TypeScript, like I tend to use a, a, a light um light amount of, of, of TypeScript in, at least in the beginning until I'm really fleshing out and stabilizing a project. Um, so like it, but it presents no, ch- presents no challenges in using Chakra either with or without TypeScript. Um, it's, it, it's great with, I, I love it with, but um, I'm, you can certainly use it with that as well. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I find with TypeScript that you get 80% of the benefits, as you say, with just with a few, with a few types. And if you get too far down the rabbit hole, you end up with, uh, with a script that's mostly TypeScript, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, then a bit of JavaScript at the bottom. <laughs> or you spend so much time trying to figure out the right way to type something and it, your, your brain blows up. Um, and that's when you just put any or unknown <laughs> and <laughs> kind of shortcut it, which I advocate for in cases like that. If it's, <laughs> if it's taking too much time for you to get something done, then, you know, there, there is like a lever you can pull. <laughs> the um the chakra documentation seems to be uh really well pitched i thought with um it sort of has an overview of each component and then it really usefully includes any sort of technical notes about the the design considerations that were made when implementing that component um which uh you know as a as a front-end engineer i think you know that's great i they're talking my language i understand i know what the component's doing slightly under the hood um does that you know that that's just from my perspective browsing the documentation without a real project that i'm working on when you're actually working on a, a project and deep in the weeds of it does the documentation hold up is is it really uh is it as useful as it seems oh yeah absolutely like um you know uh, my perspective is a little different like i don't always need to know what's going on in the hood but I, I feel like I can infer it usually, right? So if I'm looking at a box component, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the docs now while we're talking for a refresher. So like if I look at a box component, I'm like, okay, that's probably a div um, by default. And, uh, you know, I see it like passing in the like gradient properties, whatever. Um, so I can get some sense of what's going on in the hood without like fully understanding their magic to translate like CSS, uh, translate the props to CSS. Um, but like, 
the documentation is great in that like it's it, it's very linear it's very consistent um it lists everything with examples little copy and paste um and uh it, it's pretty it, it's it's just uses really good white space so like looking at the page doesn't seem overwhelming um so you can do you can find what you need easily. Oh, and their search is great too. Like their search is, is helpful. And you know, 90% of the time, I think that's what I'm going in there for. Um, I mean, they're going in there and seeing if a component exists to do something. And it usually does. Um, and, uh, you know, stumbling across something else that was useful that I didn't know about or just refreshing myself on some of the principles. So I can always pretty much find what I need here. The uh, the only thing that I didn't like about the the docs from glancing around was the number of ads on it, on every page for their uh, commercial offering of uh, Chakra UI Pro. Um, <laughs> I've not even seen them. Interesting. I, I've seen it. I've definitely seen it, um, but I'm not seeing it right now. Oh yeah, okay. The Chakra UI Pro. I guess I filtered it out mentally. <laughs> I hear you. At least it's not too big and in your face. Like it's not too big. It's just in the wrong place. It's just where you're looking <laughs> for for the information, which I guess is why they've done it. But uh, it's, I mean, that's that's worth mentioning in in sort of considering the ecosystem and everything around the project. Is the yep. There's a, a sort of a pro set of components that are like uh, is I guess it's equivalent. Uh, to some of the stuff that's in Tailwind UI that's there, you know, mm. marketing pages and, you know, hero components and more of these composed um, uh, sort of sections of pages and entire pages and, uh, you know, layouts and things that you, as is available from from the makers of Chakra, but uh, as a commercial um, offering. Um, yeah, which, just uh, taking a quick glance at it now. And some of these are actually available, uh, or or versions of them are available for free at like Chakra Templates. So it's Chakra Templates, I guess, is like the open source solution mm-hmm. to Chakra Pro or the, the open source competitor. I'm sure you're going to get a ton by you know paying for this. It looks like mm-hmm. Chakra Pro is extremely robust and reasonably priced if you have like a a, a real uh, a paying professional need for these. Um, uh, but you know, so there's there's a couple of options for your your project. It looks like. Yeah, so it sounds like there's quite a, a an ecosystem built up around it. Do you, do you know how long the project's been going and and what sort of uh, what sort of following there is? Is it is it in widespread use in the React community? Um, I want to say yes. I mean, I don't know to what degree. Like, I'd, I'd be curious to just see like what's the I guess market share of like Tailwind versus Chakra nowadays. I do know Chakra got uh, an award relatively recently. Um, Git Nation React, uh, the Git Nation React Award for the most impactful project to the community. So I'd say it's pretty big and pretty well embraced, um, and uh, with good reason. Like this is great. Um, so people are definitely enjoying it, and I'm not the only one. The um, one thing that's always worth thinking about when when bringing a, de- a dependency into your project is what happens when you need to update that dependency. Yeah. Um, Shakra is being improved all the all the time. I imagine. Yeah. Is it a case of once you've imported it and and built with it, you kind of leave it locked on on a certain version, or is it generally safe to keep updated? Will it? Um, is it relatively stable in terms of of the the design and things of your site not changing as as chakra updates it has been so far um yeah and namely i'd say that's because of the 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 progress of development like they are on version 1.6.3 right now um 
And a number of months ago, they, they went from zero to one. So that was the only time they had breaking changes. And since then, they've just been constantly doing feature releases and bug fixes. So, um, so for the last at least couple of months, like everything's been just additions, um, additions and fixes. So there's, there's no breaking changes involved. So, um, I, I don't know what the roadmap looks like, but I imagine it'll continue to be so. Um, I've, every time I've upgraded it, one of these, um, uh, you know, these, these, these minor versions, like it's, it's been fine. I've never seen something break from it. But when they came out with 1.0, there were some breaking changes. Um, I don't remember it being catastrophic though. And uh, do you know what the situation is with sort of bundle sizes and the ability to tree shake um, uh, Chakra? Is it does it add a lot of weight to your project, or are things only imported as you use them? I don't recall offhand, honestly. I probably shouldn't know that. Um, I haven't noticed it adding a lot of weight, um, uh, mainly because like you are importing the components individually, right? You're not importing. Uh, you know, like Sara Shocker or anything like that. Um, so I, I'd, I'd say it's in line with having support for tree shaking, but I haven't like put it to the test. Um, so far, like I haven't had things that had enormous weight coming specifically from it, though. Yeah, that's that's always uh, an important consideration, isn't it? Yep. Um, is is there anything else we should know about Shocker UI before we dive right in and use it on a project? No, it's it's great, and it's a pretty active community too. Um, you know, I see updates often, um, uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the documentation now and seeing components that I hadn't seen before. So, um, I'd say there's a lot of feature addition going on. Um, uh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, you've got a book out, uh, called Cut Into the Jamstack, which is, um, it's a sort of a, a preview release, a sort of beta release at the moment, and you're self-publishing that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, it was my first attempt at a at a, at a technical book, so uh, I just kind of want to get it out there, uh, you know, without committing to something like uh, you know it's formal. I guess um, I'm also somebody who likes informality, especially when I'm creating things. Um, so you give me the ability to do it my way by doing it like that. And the the book literally sort of walks the reader through building a software as a service app, uh, okay. all on the Jamstack. Um, why, why was it you decided to, to write this now and to take this approach with, uh, with the book? Uh, good question. So it, you know, like I've been coding for some 20 years now, and, uh, I think I attempted to write a book a while back and it just didn't quite take shape. Um, I'm at a point in my career where I, I really want to share more knowledge. I've been using it for so many years and I, I, I feel the itch to really put more of it out there and help others. So, um, you know, it, you know, like around October of last year, like I had this, you know, I wanted, I wanted to put something out there, uh, that was a product and, um, and, you know, ebook, uh, felt like a really good way to start. And I'm really passionate about like next JS and the things you can do with it. Um, so there's the, I, I use the term Jamstack because, uh, and I consider next JS part of the Jamstack because it, it has, you know, uh, static site generation as as a default, um, but I think it's uh, one thing that doesn't get talked about enough. I, I in my opinion, or, or could use some more explanation is like building software as a service applications with it, because um, the Jamstack isn't just for websites. Like it works really well 
for content-driven websites because everything's static and snappy and SEO-friendly. Um, but like, there's so much rich functionality there, especially in Next.js, where um, you know they, you know, Vercel had their Next.js conference yesterday, and they're releasing more and more amazing features in there. Um, and I'm passionate about building software as a service. Like software websites are great, um, but software is meant to do things. So um, this stack to me uh, is very much the future of like software as a service development. Um, and, you know, it, it reminds me of what Ruby on Rails was when it came out. It was like a uh, an evolution in, in a matter of speaking. It, it, it automated and simplified a lot of things that you used to have to do manually and it sped up the pace of development um, and it, it increased the quality of it. And uh, Next.js and the Jamstack and Vercel, um, and, you know, Shock UI, like they're all producing things that uh, simplify a lot of things for you. So Next.js, it, it simplifies like a lot of speed related issues, um, you know, and accessibility related issues and internationalization. Those are all uh, routing is done for you. You don't have to worry about client side or server side routing. It's, it's automatic. Shock UI does that with accessibility um, and theming. So um, like these tools put together, they just you know, the developer experience gets really great and everything just, you know, it gives you the freedom to really create software. So um, to answer your question, <laughs> the reason I put it out a book now is because of the, the right timing of me really wanting to put something out there. And with this, with the, with the Jamstack ecosystem starting to come to fruition and growing. Um, so uh, it, it also gave me a chance to write more code in the Jamstack, which I, I just love it. I think, uh, as you say, it's easy to get on board with the idea of Jamstack when you're thinking about websites and, and typically sort of lightweight websites. Um, yeah. But taking that next step into thinking about how you can use the approach to build a full web application, it's much harder. It's a bigger hurdle, I think, to get over if you're used to thinking in the sort of server-side uh, mindset. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a, a much bigger jump to to see, okay, I can... I can put my authentication out to, to a service and yeah. I can, you know, um, and I guess for, for the readers, from the reader's point of view of, of your book, just by going through and um, building this example, following along with you, it's probably a, a great way to get over that hurdle to just help shift, gently shift your mindset into, okay, this is, this is how I could do all these sorts of things. Um, but on the Jamstack, uh, yeah. would, would you agree with that? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, um, and, and I do think it, it, it does. That's really what it's intended. Um, you know, like uh, I, I, was, I was saying in a talk recently, like a um, conference talk that, um, you know, I, I, part of my motivation for uh, the, the topic and the way I decided to teach in this book um, is that like, you know, I could teach you one programming language or framework, but it, it feels better to introduce you to this stack um, in a hands-on manner because I'm, you know, Every developer who's got a low experience is good at going through documentation, you know, and, and Googling and using Stack Overflow. Um, why would I waste your time teaching that to you? Like, I want to give you a quick, deep dive into the stack and what I can do with it. And you're going to pick up um, the what's great about each of the individual pieces, NextAuth and Prisma and Next.js and Chakra. And, um, you know, I'll link you to documentation just to save you a couple of clicks um, but you're going to see through an interactive example, like 
how these pieces connect together. And you're also going to get an understanding of like the hard parts, right? So like one thing I'm going uh, into depth in, for example, is this feature that I'm building for um, asynchronous multi-file upload, um, which uh, in, you know, so Next.js has like a, a front end and a back end to it, right? Or the front of the front end and the back of the front end, if you use that analogy. <laughs> um, you've got like the React layer and then you've got the Node layer, you know, this, these API routes. Hmm. And um, if you want to do multi-file upload with that and use a service, like I use Cloudinary in the book, um, but if you use an API service for your image and media uploads, which you should, um, there's a lot of moving pieces there. Um, there's the client side, which the user interacts with. There's the... Um, uh, the the API requests to the cloud and area, the other provider. Um, but then there's like the, you have to make multiple API requests to make it efficient. You have to do some signing against cloud and area, which you need an API call for. Um, you need to take that signing, you need to do the upload, which goes from the browser and circumvents the your API and goes directly to cloud and area. Then you need to save that in your database, which uses your front end, back end of the front end. <laughs> so there's like, <laughs> Many pieces and Next.js in the Next.js community, they, there isn't an open source plugin for that yet, um, which I may extract out of the app now that I've built it and put it into one because other people are going to have this. But um, anyway, all well, that's just to say that, like, I think that's something really valuable to teach to people. Um, even if you're a senior engineer, you know, like for a few dollars, you get all this wrapped up for you with a bow on it to, to be like, okay, these are, this is a series of tools that work really well together for building SaaS apps with the stack. And like this hurdle, like I don't, I don't have to figure out a solution for or write it custom. Here's like a, an approach that works. So um, I just, I take a lot of joy in like, you know, trying to uh, prevent people from having to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> uh, even though it's fun to reinvent the wheel, if, if you wanted to just ship something, you know, the more you can reduce that, the better. That sounds very, very helpful. Um, so the the book is in beta now. Uh, if if people buy it now, do they get updates as it improves? Yep. Um, yeah, it's like immensely discounted. It's like ten dollars now, and then it's uh, it'll, when I finish it, it'll be thirty. Um, but they'll whoever gets it now will, will just get updates for the life of the book. Um, Fantastic. I've got another one coming up in probably a couple of weeks, um, and. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, everything has like it's already 107 pages, and it's got a uh, you know a source code repo uh, that'll be shipped with it that, that comes along with it now. So um, it's it's already like uh, like you can do in, in the first 107 pages. You can you know it goes through setup to building um, uh, building your first full stack page to building a crud for photo galleries, create, read, update, delete. Um, so the front end and back end components and then uh, shipping uh, a deployment to railway and for um, So it's pretty practical right away. Um, and then the, the further other couple of hundred pages <laughs> are going to be more in depth with the coding topics. Great. And that's available now at cutintothejamstack.com. Yep, that's it. So I've been learning all about Chakra UI. Um, what have you been learning about lately, Mike? Um, I've been digging deeper on the stack. Um, it, it constantly teaches me new things. Um, uh, one uh, example is just like a, with the Vercel conference yesterday, the Next.js conf. Um, it, you know, Next.js 11 is now out, and it's just got a ton of great things with it. Like there's a real-time collaboration uh, tool built in, so when you ship like a preview deploy, 
you can have people commenting on it and moving their mouse around the screen, even it looks like. Um, and in addition, like their performance is, is getting better and better. So like Next.js's image component, which I use heavily now, is going to have like automatic placeholders and um, it, it's going to be even more streamlined. Um, so I'm constantly learning the better and better ways to do things in this stack. Um, uh, there, there are always more, <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> always, always more to learn. If you, dear listener, would like to hear more from Mike, you can follow him on Twitter, where he's at mcavalier, and his personal website is mikecavalier.com. The book Cut Into the Jamstack, which amongst other things shows a practical implementation of Chakra UI, is again at cutintothejamstack.com. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Did you have any parting words? Uh, thanks so much for having me, Drew, and um, keep smashing out there. <laughs> Maybe I should rephrase that. This is Smashing. And that was our podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And if you liked it, please share it with your friends. Find us on the web at smashingmagazine.com, on Twitter at Smashing Mag, Smashing Magazine on Facebook, or in the supermarket by the cat food. Oh, 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 oh,